breached the Black Helpline. The revolution will not be televised. Hi everybody, welcome to the Black Helpline. I'm Tricky Mickey. I'm Malcontent. I'm Big Germ. Germs in the house. Well, welcome to doing? another episode. We made it. This is our third. <laughs> Number three. Three is, three is a charm. That's right. So last week we left off talking about the N-word. I want to get right back into that one. Well, um, let's start off with your curiosity, Tricky. Well, when we... hate the word. I hate the word. Yes. I think that my problem with it is, to me... It's one of those words that a white person says, and then when a black person says it, it kind of feeds into into the the vernacular, the hatred, all the things, all the negative connotations. And so when someone says to me, well, we're trying to reclaim the word, to me it's more about somebody has indoctrinated you, and you're starting, you're starting to believe all the negativity, and you're feeding it. It's never been anything that I've ever wanted associated with me, or that I have ever taken lightly, or that I've ever said to anyone in any way, shape, or form. So I don't understand how this can be a word that can be so glorified by by our own community. Well, hip hop. Well, hip hop has a huge a huge influence on that. But hip hop, and you know, and, and you know, more a lot of rap doesn't you know does didn't include the word early in the days that came on later on that that was called ratings you know a lot of that urban influence from using the n-word came came because of ratings the more degradation the more denigration that was going on the more records there were sold you know capital records didn't give a shit about whether y'all was out here killing each other they didn't care about those rappers out there killing each other they didn't care about the game bangs they didn't care about us out there like doing the, that to uh, each other. Black exploitation films. Yes, the black exploitation films. And the, and the little novels. Right, like yeah, well, you know, like you know, the spook who sat by the door is a good example. Yeah. You know, using that and that is just another way of Patty of Bush. saying, you know, who the N word. Who's that? Patty Bush. Patty Bush. Patty Smith. Patty, Patty Smith. Smith. Yeah. Patty yes. Smith. You know, rock and roll. Yes. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. That's that was a good song, by the way, but. <laughs> But so coming from coming from a more urban coming from my experience with it, I grew up around everybody in my family, everybody in my community using that as a term of endearment or as a term of anger, you know, and and for me, it was normalized until I as become started becoming an adult, decided to negate that that terminology and its use is from my everyday vocabulary. And even I'm still guilty of it up until a certain point of using it to describe the types of blacks that I don't fucking like. So why did you negate it from your vernacular? Because I wasn't as close-minded as the people that were using it on a regular basis, surrounded by the same types of people that were using it back as a term of a quote-unquote endearment. You know, you can't be an open-minded person. You can't be in, in an inclusive environment and denigrate yourself and those others around you who do not, like yourself, believe in that. You know, everybody needs to give get a level of respect, even with your own beliefs. I agree completely. You know, it was hard. It, it was hard. It's hard for a lot of people to break that cycle. It's just a cycle of poverty, a cycle of, you know, um, um, self-degradation. It's the same thing all the time. You know, you can you can have these negative things, but sometimes for some people it's not so negative, you know? It's what, it's what you learn growing up. What about folks, you, Germ? The folks. Big Germ. Uh, 
really it's it's a matter of the people that I've hung out with growing up. Uh, my mother said it all the time. My stepdad, my dad, has never said it. I've never heard him really swear. Uh, but my mother, all the time, she would call us, you know, the N word. Uh, she'd call us like I used to work for a black newspaper too. Uh, and the owner of the black newspaper would call people around her nigglets. Was she white or black? Oh, she was black. She was black. And, you know, every time we couldn't cash our checks, it's because she was taking the money up to the casinos. So, uh, God rest her soul. Anyway, but, I mean, it's just, it's just an everyday thing in families. And those people are dying out. Um, they're getting old. They're phased out so to speak so now it's just us and the culture the music right the movies you mean the, to say you don't think people are using that word in their home towards their children towards their friends oh no they they still are yeah well, but of I'm course just, i'm just saying the people that influence me okay ah they're dying out they're you know they can't speak yeah anymore, the right? the generation that that passed it on that. to you yeah and some of the people that are on there on the you know on the same level Often, you yeah. know, who pass it on. Same people. Like, I got, I got cousins and and, and un some uncles that are my age, you know, that are still on the block, you know. They'll, but that that block mentality will never leave them. So neither will the self degradation, you know, of, of of explaining yourself that way, and it becomes normalized, and you become a you become kind of immune to it in in your family's environment, but. But tolerance does not go both ways all the time, you know. In public, nah, you can miss me with all that, you know. But at home, I'd be like, ah, that's who, you know, that's who they are. But they are stuck where they are. And the barbershop. And the, the barbershop. Barber Let's not forget that one. <laughs> you ever spend any time in a, in a barbershop? Actually, my mom had a boyfriend. I'm adopted. Um, I'm mixed race, adopted by two white people. And my mother had a black boyfriend while I was growing up who owned a, a barbershop. So, yes. The webs? Uh, it was on... Lake in Chicago. Oh no, this one Webs Webs was on Fourth and Thirty Fifth. Oh, Thirty Fifth. by Old Central. Well, there's one on Fourth and Thirty Eighth still. Okay. But at any rate, yes, I have spent enough time in barbershops and I hated them. Yeah, <clears throat> it was you know it's it's it was the you know they there's a there's a uh, well. Uh, let me quantify though. There's nothing like being a ten or a twelve year old little girl. Around a whole bunch of <laughs> shit-talking old men. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what the barbershop is, and and you're in a, in a typical in a in a, in a typical um, just had to take it barbershop environment. That's what the kid's gonna see. That's his first exposure to not seeing his uncles or his or his, or his older his older siblings or anything shit talk while they're getting a fade, you know, getting a lineup, well, and stuff like that. Well, when I was that. a child, it was a Jerry Curl. I was getting a girl because my aunt worked at that, that barbershop. Ask girl. She, she, was, she was burning my scalp before Easter. The fucking Jerry Just, Curl. You know. See, I used, to get that, I used to get that process for my mohawk shit, uh -huh. you know, when well, I was no getting older. I don't have any hair yeah. left. <laughs> <laughs> but I was punk, bitch. Yeah. You were a punk, bitch. That's it. <laughs> But you, but young kids were. That was some of their first exposure to, you know, to to you know, adults sitting down, kind of jiving, you know, hanging yeah. out, you know, you know, and it still goes on. But I think that's a little bit more with the, you know, the advent of respectful communities and political correctness. I think you see less and less of that around children in barbershops. Yeah, well, you know, or you just don't see no kids in no barbershop. They are not. <laughs> 
I, don't, I really don't know what you're pointing at there, girl. Oh, I was trying to tell you to actually speak into the microphone as opposed to away from it. He's shy because yeah. this is a sensitive subject for Big him. Germ Jeez. is not a shy man. Yeah, she's a slave, she's a slave driver. So okay, back <laughs> on it. I'm in. It's the, I'm the on white the mic. side of me. Yes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we—it's all about the parenting. It's all about the community support. It's all about the you know kind of like checks and balances, you know, with people. And when each one teaches one, you know, is this close enough. Oh my God! Yes, thank you. Sure. Much better. Okay. I can actually hear you. Okay. You're the best. Great. You're so close to the microphone, I can hear your eyeballs moving. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, so, okay, now I understand where you two come from in terms of this word. You know, because there's three, there's three you got to admit, there's three levels here of this word. I don't give a shit. There's, what kind of no, I'm, let me explain are. this. Let me explain this. I know you don't give a shit, and, and I actually don't either, because you have no idea my, how it was raised. Like, zero. So I make no excuses for how it was raised and how I see this world. I'm not but, asking you to. No, you wanted me to explain it, so you have to be able to accept that from me in order for me to accept your point of view as well. If you can't accept my point of view, then yours is invalid as well. I wasn't talking about your fucking point of view. What I was talking about is I don't give you a shit. You said my name. Who I, fucking uses the word? Nigga, nigga, nigga. It's just a word. But it's not like we walk around calling people that. And, and I'm telling you, there's three different levels here. Okay, I come from a very violent urban environment. He comes from a secondary, very violent urban environment growing up over north. And you third growing up on the south side. You know, I come from all black family. He comes from a multicultural family. You come from a multicultural family, but with its with its um, roots in Norwegian culture. So there are three different levels of this that we're talking about here. You know, and if we don't understand that, then those levels out there in public that are going on will never be understood as well, because everybody has their own reason for monkeying around. Everybody has their own reason for using certain terminologies that they've grown up with. You know, and some and and everybody has a reason why they accept those terminologies. Would you say, as a people, now we're older, yeah, but the younger generation they need to phase that out. They phase do need to phase it out. And I think education and more openness and more community, things like the Internet, things like social media are bringing people closer together in a, in a global capacity. It's making the, the earth smaller. And people are hearing more and more positivity uh, towards the words that we use to describe each other. You know, whether it be the way we describe women or the way we describe urban blacks and, you know, suburban whites, you know. It comes from both ways, though. You know, I hear black people calling each other, you know, the N-word. I hear black people calling white people crackers and hunkies yeah. and all these things. Yeah. But we don't discuss. We seem to not discuss a lot of the times in open forums how people are degrading, you know, white men, for instance. Because we know that our uncles and our brothers have been saying that shit for years. You know, crackers and these mayonnaise, these hunkies, this, 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 that. You know, crackers and hunky, usually. But usually that's not a, a negative term to them because it's not used as widely as the slave driver's words. Yeah. Don't really hear honky so much. No, not no, this far up north. Not, 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 too. not this far up north. No. No. But none of them have the same kind of punch as the N-word. None of them. No. None of no. them. No matter what you do, no matter how you say it, it doesn't pack the same kind of historical or uh, historical punch or the significance of yeah. the use of the word. Right. 
Well, and and that's because the word was misused, mistwisted, and used in in to control people's emotions by using words whenever you couldn't do it physically. Uh, it's you a, know, it's a trigger forever. It's a trigger forever, you know? Well, is it, though? Because there are a lot of young people who do not understand the, hor- the historical context of the word and what people went through in fighting and trying to bring equality to blacks. A lot of young people don't understand that. And Well, it's, it's true. A lot of them don't, you know? It's like a lot of millennials don't understand how they, can, they get the opportunity to live in a place that was once culturally rich, but is now culturally insensitive so that they can feel at ease, you know, but they don't understand what it took for that to happen, you know, how many people were displaced for that to happen, you know, it's the same thing, you know, it takes a long time to decipher that. The origin of the N-word is? Well, it was a greeting. It was a greeting and it was was used to describe someone higher up um, and someone in high high esteem. But... um, I thought it meant God. I was reading... Well, yes, yes. It's it, there's there's many different um, levels of of that high that's that high esteem. Mm-hmm. But when when people when when but when they misused the word nigger, they were taking it from the Nigeria, mm-hmm. you know, Niger, Niger, you know, to describe black, you know. But the uh, the colonists decided to take that word and push it against them. Oh, oh, it's just our Niger. It's just our niggers, you know. But there how you did go. That happen, there did, you go. How did you make that? How did they make that swing? New, for, for the word. Yeah. Well, that. That, what, that's what happens when you fuck took. with dictionaries. Well, you know? I mean, because you look like the the biggest um, antagonists as far as the slave trade were the Dutch. Oh, of course. The Dutch. You know. So, you know, they were they weren't saying. No, they were. Use, they weren't using anything. You know? They were just using. They were just using Africans. Yeah. You know. They were just using plain old fact Africans. Germanic terms yeah. that they would have. You know, you but know? You know, I think the Dutch are just mad at that the Moors and <laughs> fucked their fucked their way through most yeah. of Europe. There you go. And they didn't make it over there, that's why they're still tall. More or less. Uh, more or less. Yeah. Less with the Dutch. The Dutch were the only one of the only colonies that the Moors never uh, invaded. Amsterdam. Everybody's tall. Everybody's tall. But they're but they're tall they're tall and they look like northern <laughs> sea fish. Frankenstein. The fish belly, Scaly. but they didn't. You know, I don't understand. I'm not really a hundred percent clear on how the Dutch actually ended up being able to conquer smaller nations of Africans. But it definitely has something to do with the original colonism. You know, around around Western Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, for trade. Right. You know, but that came via the Asian. You know, the Asian route. Yeah, yeah we would we'd go through Asia it. and come through. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Industry. Well, Industry. I would say, I would venture to guess that the bastardization of the N-word is much along the lines of how the swastika meant something and that it became right. very, very associated with the Holocaust. Right. You and know. it's just one of those things where, um, I guess this would be maybe cultural appropriation? Would it have well, been the cultural? F- the fr- first level Brand- cultural no, appropriation. No, cultural branding. Okay. You know. Branding. Marketing. You know, you know, the swastika is a sign of peace. If you could give them a term that would make them so not human, so not Christian, so in need of saving, you know, there you go. Come up with a term. 
Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta, re, you gotta. If you wanna, if you wanna confuse people and make them think that what they were doing and what they stand for is wrong, then you you take it and you rewire it for them, right? You know, and you convince them, you short circuit their believing, and you convince them that what you're doing is best and it's going to last longer, you know. It's, I mean, and it's so far they're fucking right, you know, for most people. You know, not for everybody. Nope, not for everybody. So when you, you know, when we when we worry about how other people think of us, they're still using that word to trigger us, all of us, you know, and even to trigger some of our comrades. You know, uh, I like to call them the highly educated. You know, the more the more the more money you owe, the more sensitive you are to words. Mm. You know, I was thinking about this time I was working a, a private party at this this bar that I managed in New York City. And it was an Asian wedding party. And one of the guys got into a fight. These two guys got into a fight and they just kept calling each other nigger. Ah. And I just could not understand what the fuck they thought they were doing. Go to St. Paul. This was, well, this was New York too. This was straight up Lower East Side. And I thought, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? And this just, the whole thing was, motherfucker so was wrong. Motherfucker Everything. was too long. Cocksucker was too long. Nigga. Nigga. That's, that's back and forth. <laughs> but it was just so weird. They had to just do that. It you was know? just weird. But you just think, think of uh, the fights like black people would have after seeing Kung Fu or Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. We'd be mimicking them. Yes. And now they we fight were, and they're mimicking us. Yeah. Well, they fight, they mimic us. We fight. Some of us fight. We mimic what, what was coming behind the whip. You know, because that is a strong presence. That's a strong word, and it had this. It had this pain behind it, and that's supposed to hurt us all together. And then we say, "Now nah, let's shorten this up, dog. Yeah. You my nigga." You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all ridiculous, especially if you grow up in an environment that you constantly still hear it. You know, this conversation I was having with my family on the phone. All I heard was in the background, oh, that nigga ain't coming, you know, oh, he ain't coming. It's like, who the fuck is that in the background? And who is this nigga they talking about? They're oh, they talking, talking about, about you, you. you, you know? I was like, see, somebody about, to, somebody about to get a talking to when I do show up, you know? Because I've talked to my family about that before, and I say, you can do whatever you want, but I done, I'm working hard every day to keep these shackles off my ankles, but you what, know? What happens when they say, yeah, you're my nigga? No, they don't say it in front of me. Yeah. No, they don't say it in front of me. They do this shit over the phone. That's my nigga. You know? No, that's my nigga. But they wouldn't do it in a, with a term of endearment behind it? No, they don't. No, because they, they, they only do it to annoy me, actually. Oh, got it. Okay. You know? Because they think they're Uncle Old and he, he, he ain't got no slap left in him. Or they you know? say, that's one real nigga. Yeah, some shit real. like that. Real. Well, they throw all the stuff in front of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks all that hard work, all that education. Yeah, I just came out just to be a real nigga. <laughs> Down ass, down ass, job having, bill paying, mortgage loving, (laughs) credit score high having, motherfucker, my nigga. But then they'll they'll still say, you achieve all that and you're still a A nigga. nigga. Hey, you know, boy Jay said it best. (laughs) Always still a nigga. All right, well, we're at 20 minutes. What do you guys want to talk about? Well, I wanted to talk about, actually, this old crying-ass motherfucker in Florida. 
that'll take about that'll give us about that'll give us a few minutes of fodder because that's exactly what it is. It's fodder. Um, what is this kid's name? You pulled it up. Okay. Yeah. So wait. Okay. So I'm gonna Kyle. Pause. Wait, Carl. Wait, wait. Kyle. Kyle. I'm gonna pause. Might as well call his ass Carl. Call the call the cracker. All right. Well, we're gonna sign off on this particular episode of the Black Helpline. If you want to get in touch with us, please email us at blackhelpline at gmail.com or you could leave us a Google voice at 612-615-9636. If you're one of those people who likes to Twitter, we're at Black Helpline. So pick and choose which one you want to get in touch with us, but by all means, get in touch. Send us your emails, your messages, whatever the shit you want, and we look forward to hearing from you. This is Tricky Mickey. This is Big Germ. And this is Malcontent. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ciao. The revolution will not be stopped.